Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Wow, what a morning it's already been. Thank you all so much for, for being here, for your support. Um, just love to see uh, the community of faith alive. We are, well, in case you didn't know, last week was Easter. Anybody here last week? This room was packed. I'm not going to call out anyone who's not here, but there are a couple of seats here today that are empty. Easter, it is a hot time for us as followers of Jesus where we remember, we claim, we celebrate the gift that is the resurrected life. Yet that resurrected life is not a one day a year, just like following Jesus isn't just one hour a week. It is this way of living, this way of being. And in preparing for the sermon this week, I have found myself thinking a whole lot about those folks who were there, who had followed Jesus, who had heard him teach, who had seen him heal, who had been with him. And then they were witness to his arrest and crucifixion, and then the empty tomb, and they were hesitant, they were doubtful at times about the resurrection, and yet then they lived into this new purpose, this continued purpose that Jesus had given them in a new light. And they went out and they made disciples, just like Jesus told them to do. We see that in Matthew 28. Go and make disciples, baptize and teach. And that's what they did. And we know they did it because we're here today. We are evidence of what they have done and how God's truth and love is passed from person to person. And we're entering a sermon series about the New Testament letters and there are these letters where Paul and others are writing to early Christians and sharing what they know. They're sharing their experience, strength and hope, what they witnessed with Jesus. And they are passing it on. Paul, who was this incredible missionary, if you ever look at a map of where Paul planted churches, he did a lot without a car. I mean, it is amazing. And he even went back and how his model of planting churches is he would go spend time with the church started and then he would write correspondence back. And if you read the letters that, law, that Paul writes, some of them, the churches are obviously not following the script. And he is pretty straightforward about that and calls them out. And then there are other churches that he encourages and expresses incredible gratitude for. And the reading today is found in 1 Thess Thessalonians. And the church at Thessalonica, 
Thessalonica is an example of a church who was doing what he hoped they would do. He was writing to encourage them. And our series is called Love Never Fails. It is the love of Jesus Christ never fails. And we see that lived out in the early church and hopefully we see it lived out here. I'm gonna be reading from the first chapter of First Thessalonians. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he's chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Let us pray. Lord, I don't know if I've thanked you recently, but thank you that I get to be a part of this community of faith. Thank you that I get to speak like this, not because it's about me, but because it's about you. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you that you take us as we are and you give us opportunities that blow us away. Thank you for that. Lord, you know what needs to be said here today? Speak through me, to me, and despite of me. In your holy name, amen. I'm gonna tell a couple of stories today and I wanna give a caveat. I wanna let y'all know that who I'm about, stories I'm gonna to tell today, I have asked their permission first. And that's important because I don't want you to think that if you have a conversation with me, you may be in the next sermon. That would not be good. So I have asked permission and the first person I'm gonna talk about is our son. He will turn 16 in a couple of weeks. And I'm always amazed how when it comes time for his birthday in the weeks leading up to it, I find myself very reflective. I find myself in awe of life. I think I do it even more so than I do around my own birthday. Cause I remember what it was like wanting to become a mom. Not sure I was gonna be able to become a mom finding out that I was going to get to be a mom, being grateful that there was nine months. Because when the whole thing started, I was like, I am not ready. And by nine months, I was like, I don't care how, but it's time, it's go time. Let's do this. <laughs> God gives us nine months for a reason. And so as we come into spring, I reflect back on those last months of pregnancy on his birth and that moment of like, oh my gosh, I was the best parent until May 18th, 2006. And then I was like, I don't know how to do this. Um, but those early days, those early years of playing games with him and seeing his eyes open in new ways, 
It still happens, it just happens a little differently, but in those early years, we used to play a game that I am confident you are familiar with, peekaboo, right? Where you cover your eyes and then you act like it's the biggest thing in the world that you've seen again. Um, and we used to do that with our son a lot. And he would get this grin on his face and this cackle that would come from the depths of his soul. And it was the coolest thing in the world. And he would imitate us. He would copy us on things. And it was cool and it was fun. And what we've seen is he's growing the way he's supposed to, right? Developmentally. We don't play peekaboo anymore. And if I did, he would give me that look. Um, I should try it, but I won't. Um, but now we're to the point where as he's getting older, he doesn't imitate us in the exact same ways. But there are moments that I see us in him. I see that spending time with us, he has imitated, he, he has copied things about words that we have said and actions that we have taken. And let's be honest, not all of them are the best. There's nothing like your tone of voice coming back at you. But it's this gift that we get as parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles. We get the opportunity to see kids mature and develop. Going from the stages of just copying us flat out until it's more subtle and it's a part of who they are. You see, the church that Paul was writing to, he mentions the concept of imitation, of example and message. And there are three questions that we take out of Paul's writing, out of these verses. And this, sometimes what we can do is we can be like, thank goodness they had to think about that. When actually, Every, all three of these questions, I want each of us to think about. I want us to prayerfully consider beyond our time together today. I want you to prayerfully consider this. And the first question is, who am I imitating? Paul writes that the church was imitators. They were imitators of Paul and Timothy and Silas and of the Lord. That's who they imitated and he was reinforcing their behaviors. Think about it. Who do you imitate? Who is it that you're imitating? For some of us, we may go, ah, oh, it's been a while. I got this figured out. I don't imitate anyone. But yet we are all imitating someone. The question is who? Hopefully, we're imitating God and Jesus and what we see in scripture. Hopefully we're not just learning about that. Hopefully we are imitating those behaviors. Hopefully a whole lot more than we do social media. Those are questions that we need to ask ourselves no matter how young we are or how old we are or how in the middle we are. Who are we imitating? I think about Ms. Isaacs. She was my Sunday school teacher when I was in sixth grade, when I was in confirmation. It's the funniest thing. My grandfather died at 91 years of age in 2011. And she was at that funeral. And I was amazed because I thought she was so old when I was in sixth grade. But she was Ms. Isaac. She was. When I was in sixth grade and uh, when I was at 40 years of age, she was Ms. Isaac. I loved how she loved the Bible. I loved how she talked about God. Like, I just wanted to be around her. 
I wanted to imitate her. I wanted to copy her. But yet she's not the only one in my life. There have been multiple others. I get the opportunity to be part of the recovery community and when I first became involved with it, there was this lady who I wasn't really sure about but I watched her a whole lot. And I remember her sharing one time that she literally got on her knees to pray. And at first I scoffed. Why would you do that? Obviously, I was still struggling a little bit with God. To this day, in my morning quiet time, I get on my knees to pray because of what she did. I wanted to imitate her. And it no longer is about her. It's become a part of who I am. Who are you imitating? The second question is that we see is the church made this transition. They went from imitating people and God, from imitating Paul and Silas and Timothy, they went to be an example to other churches that other people were watching them. Now I've got some good news or some bad news depending on how you perceive it. People are watching us. Each and every one of us. That's when you realize that when your kid imitates you and you're like, oh, I didn't, I've never taught them that. But yet, good golly, they sure have figured that part out. Who are you an example for? You see, that's at the core of who we are. When we think about the resurrection and Jesus ascending into heaven and him saying, go and make disciples. He didn't say, go and learn all you can about the Bible and sit together with a group that's just like you and have a good life. He didn't say that. He said, go and make disciples. He had offered up this example, this of how we are to live. And then he said, go and make, go and do. No matter our age, we need to be mindful of who is watching us? Who are we mentoring? Every one of us should be mentoring someone. And that, that church word we give that is, is called making disciples. We are called to make disciples, to be examples. That's what the church did is they learned, they imitated, and then they went and they shared. People knew what they were doing. I wanna be like them. I wanna know about this Jesus guy. I wanna know about what that means about God's love and his grace. We are called to be examples, to make disciples. So we need to ask ourselves, who are we imitating? Who am I example for? And the third question is this, what is the message that we convey? What are we conveying? Are we conveying a message of judgment and criticism, of fear and resentment? Or are we conveying a message of God's love and God's grace? There are three words that appear in this reading that you may have heard somewhere else that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. He talks about how the church has that. The church has faith, it has hope, and it has love. That is a message that they are conveying. And we know Paul's message is one of God's grace of being a new creation through Jesus. 
and that we are justified by God through faith. We see it throughout Paul's writings. And then the people who imitated him, that was what they got. Think about it. Ask yourself this question. What is the message I'm conveying? What do my words and my actions say about who I am and who I believe in? What does it say about who I am imitating? Take time this week. Take your quiet time and write these questions down. Who am I imitating? Who am I an example for? And what is the message I want to convey? And then prayerfully think about, is that, is that what you want? Is that what you're called to? Are there adjustments you need to make in your life? Like that's part of becoming and being a disciple is that we're continuing to live into that. Y'all, we don't arrive. We get to continue on the process of following Jesus, of becoming and making disciples. As I mentioned, I'm part of the recovery community and we have this mentorship um, model that we use. You're around for a while, then someone new comes in and you get to mentor that person. When I first got to do that, I thought they were crazy for following me or seeing me as an example. But I have evolved through the process. 10 months ago, I got a call from a lady who wanted me to be her, her mentor. And as we're talking, she said, um, I'm atheist. And I went, well, I need to be honest about something. I'm a pastor. <laughs> she said, I know. I still want you. And it has been this amazing relationship that I have gotten to watch God at work in her life. I've gotten to watch her to come to believe in God. Sitting across the table on Saturday mornings at Panera Bread. One of my f memories of our conversation was she, she was like, I think I've figured it out. I think I've got it. So it's like I'm the pilot of the plane. And if I'm, I'm doing good, everything's going well. And then something happens. Then I turn to God then. And I could see it literally in her eyes. And she paused and she said, God's the pilot, isn't he? And I went, I have found that to be more helpful in my own life. <laughs> because that's what we do, right? We share what we have experienced through God. A couple of weeks ago, we were meeting and uh, one of our really good friend's mom was dying in the hospital. And she, she's got this great sarcasm that I just love. She looks across the table and she goes, what do I do? You know what to do. What do I do when I go see her at the hospital? Like I have some magic power or something. And I went, you know, when I've had the opportunity to be in those sacred spaces with folks, I just be with. I, I don't try to fix it. There's no checklist we go down. We're just being with. And how I know to be with is because that's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. Jesus is with us. It's all through the Gospels, Jesus met people where they were and he was with them. And he's with me and he's with us. I said the first time I did a visit at a nursing home, I was freaked out. What do I do? What do I say? Because I feel like I got to do something really special. And I called my mentor at the time. I said, what do I do? She said, Brooke, you go in the room, you pull a chair up to the bed, you lean in and you listen. Because it's the ministry of presence. 
And that's what I did. Do you see how this has lived out in our lives? Not because we're better than anyone else, but because we imitate people. We imitate Jesus. We spend time reading his word and learning what he was, what he did, what he's still doing, and we live out of that. And we find those people in our life, those spiritual mentors that we want to imitate. And then we become those mentors because we have experience doing it. And we reflect on what the message is that we are conveying because it's important. It's life-changing. It's life-saving It is going and making disciples one person at a time, one day at a time. I encourage you this week, spend time prayerfully considering the questions and then take action. Go, make disciples. Be someone worthy of imitating out of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, thank you. Thank you that you give us each other, that we were never created to walk this path alone, that we were created to imitate you, that you provide mentors in our lives that we get to imitate. And then you provide those people that we get to walk with. Lord, there's a message we want to convey and the world can make it pretty intense about the multiple messages that are thrown our way. Lord, can we quiet? We want to quiet the noise and we want to know what message it is you want us to convey. May it be a message of your amazing grace, your unconditional love. We thank you, Lord. Into your hands, may your will, not our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.